0: Everybody. welcome to another week, and this is SEC Football and Beyond. I'm Chris Landry for this Monday, April 13th, as we are getting further into this offseason without a spring practice, I was thinking this week, and hope you all had a um, happy Easter. No, know it's been a very tough stretch here, and everyone being um, locked in and staying away. But uh, we would be having a lot of spring practices, not necessarily this weekend, some this weekend, but last weekend. Uh, The NFL draft's in a couple of weeks, but there's still a lot of recruiting information going on and a lot of speculation. And I don't know that we can advance the speculation in terms of whether we're going to have a season or not. Everyone wants to know that. What's the likelihood? And that's going to be determined by those of us outside the football and, yes, sports realm. But uh, we're not any closer to a decision. And we just hope that when we can get everything open and back to some sense of normal so that we can stay there and not have to go back and start over from where this uh, took place. But uh, the latest news uh, around the world of college football, the NCAA is expected to vote on a proposed blanket one-time transfer eligibility rule on May 20th. The vote is potentially a game changer that was initially expected to be held in April, was pushed back due to the coronavirus, but hasn't been pushed back too far. Uh, We'll see uh, if they're able to go forward with this on May 20th and and make that determination. But we've got some um, SEC news uh, news and notes. We're going to get into the latest and kind of uh, uh, Mike Leach and – the response from his administration, which I think speaks, uh, well, I, we'll tell you a little bit about what it speaks to. and As well as some scouting reports, we'll give a scouting analysis on Justin Matabuke and Travon Diggs. As well as some other draft news, some recruiting news. A lot to get to today uh, in SEC football and beyond. And kind of recapping the week that was. Inside the SEC. But a reminder, this podcast brought to you by our great friends at 401k Generation that uh, are the experts in financial planning. And they are here uh, at good times and in bad. Bull markets, bear markets, they can help you. Safe, secure investments, if you want to be a little aggressive, they can help you um, with all of your planning. And that's why they're called 401k Generation. They specialize in that. So give them a call today. Give them a text today. They can help you with all your financial planning, organizational questions on money management, investments, license in all 50 states, one 866 That's one is where you reach them with a text or a phone call, and they can help you regardless of where you're listening to this podcast on anything to do with financial planning, money management issues. They're here to help you in this rough time, so make sure that you take advantage of them today, and of course, you can listen to this podcast um, by signing up for Landry Football's conference call. That's where you can get not only this podcast, but the pro football podcast that we drop every weekday as well you now know about the social media post by Mike Leach and his comments that were made regard you know just Mike was being Mike you, you know my theory on Mike Mike is a very bright guy but like a lot of people that are book smart has a weird sense of humor and a what I would call a fundamental lack of common sense, says things that, quite frankly, don't make a lot of sense, or he thinks are funny that really are not that funny, and so the issue that he you know, he put with a a wife making the news for her husband due to the quarantine, it was just a failed attempt at humor. But And that's not the end of the world, but again, it's a byproduct of things that he's done before that just doesn't make a whole lot of sense, and he kind of sticks his foot in his mouth. I think what's interesting is that Mississippi State Athletic Director John Cohen released a statement on Tuesday, and he condemned that. He said, no matter the context, for many Americans, the image of a noose is never appropriate, and that's particularly true in the South and in Mississippi. Uh, Mississippi State University was disappointed in the use of such an image in the tweet by Coach Mike Leach. He removed the tweet and issued a public apology. Leach sent out a tweet uh, with an uh, imagery of a noose, and even though it was done in an attempt to joke about a couple's quarantine, um, it it, it missed the mark, and one football player has already decided to transfer. Is too much being made out of it? Well, I don't know. I mean, probably in some eyes, but – Here's the issue. The fact that they've had to come out, John Cohen has, and you know this is on behalf of the president, who's very much a very respected president, that says that they're not really happy that he came out with that. And I don't think they were happy when he made some sort of political statement not long ago, basically backing Trump. You better be careful, okay? You know, you you can be polite. You can be respectful. You don't want to be talking about political issues. If you're a head coach, particularly if you're a head coach, you need to understand that majority of the players that you're going to be recruiting and coaching are not going to have the same political beliefs as you are. And if you don't think that's going to be a problem, you got something going for you. Now, I I don't know that Mike cares a whole lot about that, but I can tell you the people at Mississippi State do. And it goes to the point of Mike Leach. He's either going to have to completely change his wage, which I don't think is going to happen, or he's going to have to swallow the Twitter. But you know that he's going to say some awkward things. And if he does this and come along political or social lines, it's going to cause some interesting moments, let's say, tense moments to be more accurate for the Mississippi State administration. Look, I mean, there's some people that think, is this guy going to even coach a game at, at Mississippi State? Is he? Here, here's the thing. He came out and he issued an apology on Twitter. He made the comment on Twitter that was probably good enough. He probably should have come out and made a more detailed apology in the press release. Probably didn't want to do it, maybe refused to do it. And that's what I'm curious about. Because if that's the case, Mike is the type of guy that will say, I don't care. I, don't, I ain't going to listen to my bosses. That's the way Mike is. I'm going to do what I want to do. It's going to be interesting to watch this because he is a wild hair. And, again, he's under the spotlight in Starkville, Mississippi, a hell of a lot more than he ever was in Lubbock, Texas, or Pullman, Washington. Now, Mississippi State's not a big-time program in the SEC, but it is a spotlight because it is in the SEC, and you've got the network, it's tied where everything you're going to say is going to be talked about, I will say this. Mike Leach is a ticking time bomb at Mississippi State because he's going to say things that's going to get his rear end in trouble. He just always does. And now it's going to be he's – he's got the spotlight job. And could you imagine if it was even a bigger job? It'd be worse. Still something to watch for. Um, Some other news before we get into um, draft conversation. Transfer portal news. Former Kentucky redshirt junior quarterback Walker Wood is transferred to McNeese State. In Lake Charles, Louisiana, Wood is 6 feet, 190 pounds. Ended the transfer portal back in December. Attempted just three passes and threw 15 yards last fall. This is only action for the Wildcats. Three-star recruit, signed by Kentucky, back in 17. Should get a chance to compete for the starting um, new job under new head coach Frank Wilson. Two years of eligibility left, can play immediately since he's moving below the FBS level. Former Arkansas Redshirt junior quarterback Dalton Hyde is transferred to West Alabama. He did that in January. He's a four-star recruit who signed with the Razorbacks back in 17, was a misgraded player, I think. Um, made the move to receiver. Didn't make of an impact, much of an impact. He's headed to play quarterback for West Alabama. He can play immediately, two years of eligibility. And... uh in Mississippi State's um, sophomore defensive tackle, uh, Lovett has entered the transfer portal. Um, and Mike Norvell has offered him a scholarship. Um, should be able to use his redshirt year. Uh, I know that Mississippi State redshirt freshman Raven Jones has entered the transfer portal. I uh, did not play during his freshman year. Um was a three-star offensive uh, tackle recruit, um, the last of which was the Moorheads class. So we'll see where he ends up. Some recruiting news around the SEC this past week. Uncommitted four-star quarterback Donovan McCauley has released his top five list. And he's got uh, Missouri and Ole Miss on the list, along with Iowa, Indiana, and Purdue. Um mostly Big Ten schools here, but a little little bit of SEC sprinkled in. Six three, one ninety. Took a visit to Purdue in the fall and one to Indiana in January. Four star quarterback. Good quarterback prospect, no doubt about it. Um Indianapolis native, really big arm. Can make things happen as a runner. Missouri is recruiting him as an athlete rather than a quarterback. But he's a top 300 overall prospect in the class of 2021. Really good four-star uh, prospect. Tennessee received the verbal from three-star tight end, Rock Taylor. Made the pledge to the volunteers over Arkansas, South Carolina, Georgia Tech, Memphis. Hybrid player, could play near the line of scrimmage, the tight end or receiver. Um gives Tennessee ten commitments thus far. They're off to a really good start in this recruiting class. We'll see if they can finish strong. Uh, uncommitted four-star defensive end, Elijah Judy. Defensive end is um really good-looking prospect. He's going to announce his pledge in July, and it's his aunt's birthday. He's whittled down um, – he's very close to – whittled down his program to five. And it's very much SEC-laden. Georgia, Texas A M. and m Tennessee, LSU, and then Oregon out west. He's actually been scheduled to take a visit to Georgia on April 17th, but obviously that's a no-go. Um, the Bulldogs get him, uh, got him on a campus visit in the winter. A&M and Tennessee both um, already received visual, visual, uh, official check-ins. He hadn't visited LSU or, or Oregon yet. Georgia's the favorite, A&M would be next for the Philadelphia native, Philadelphia, uh, Mississippi native. Um, The five-star cornerback, Tony Grimes, strong Georgia lean. Penn State looks like the biggest threat to the race with North Carolina, another program to watch. Clemson and Ohio State are lurking, but Grimes is a top 10, top 15 prospect overall in this class, good, sound Technician corner for his age. Good instincts, good ball-tracking skills. Really impressive-looking prospect. Uncommitted four-star corner, Sage Ryan. Um, 5'11", 190. Gearing up to be one of the top cornerbacks in the 2021 corner class. He's getting looks from many of the top schools. LSU, Clemson, Alabama. LSU is considered to be in the league uh, lead for him. Um, Georgia received the verbal from four-star running back. LaVisa Carroll, six one one eighty nine, originally a South Carolina verbal, make his uh, made his pledge to Will Muschamp last April. He uh, had a change of heart a few months later, reopened his recruitment in September. He's a native of Warrenton, Georgia, attends IMG Academy in Florida, has decided to remain in state, um, Georgia. Excited to have this young lad. LSU received a verbal from four-star safety Brian Allen. Ryan Allen, Jr., six feet, 183, fourth verbal in the class of 2022 um, with three being defensive backs. Got corner Kamari Rogers, uh, fellow safety Bryce Anderson, and DeColdis Crawford. Uh, He's from Aledo, Texas, um, key contributor for them. Um, Really good prospect, but he's a 2022 class kid. In 2021, Uncommitted four star corner Tony Grimes. Um, had a chance to look at him recently. Virginia Beach native. Got offers from Georgia, AM, Clemson, Virginia Tech. Um, he does remind uh, a little bit of Leverett Hall from Michigan, who came out a couple of years ago. Uh, expected to announce his decision in December, but really good technique. Really good feet. Good hip flexion. Really good athlete. Four-star receiver, Julian Nixon from the 2021 class. Tennessee looks to be the school to beat. 6'4", 225. Um, He hasn't committed to them yet. LSU and Ohio State are among the other programs that are in the mix, but looks like the Roswell, Georgia native has Tennessee as his clear favorite. Another 2022 note, Warren Nolan um, does look a lot like Derek Brown from Bradenton, Florida. Uh, he's built a lot like the uh, the Auburn prospect that's headed to the draft here in a little over a week. Rare combination of quickness and power and agility, long arms. Uh, Going to be interesting to see where this young lad goes. Uh, again, Alabama, LSU, Oklahoma are the early lead for the 2022 prospect. and uncommitted four-star 2021 quarterback, Kristen VU, has cut his list down to four schools, Clemson, Duke, Penn State, and Tennessee. As you're kind of noticing here. Tennessees really get in, getting in on some of these guys. Uh, Six three two zero one was scheduled to take a official visit to Clemson on March thirtieth. You know why he hasn't? Um, Duke's academics is a big, uh, you know, um, uh, uh, factor, and he's got good relationships on the Penn State staff. We've mentioned this on the Big Ten Show on Wednesday, and uh, he's got good relationships. Uh, at Tennessee. So, so, junior at the Bulls schools in Potomac, Maryland, one of the top pro-style quarterbacks in the 2021 class. Um, also, uncommitted three-star tackle Maximus Gibbs. He's got his field of seven program, 6'6", six, six, 330, working on top seven lists of Alabama, Arkansas, Florida, Georgia, Nebraska, A&M, USC, um, I think Florida in A&M, um, uh, and USC have all gotten visits for the Bellflower California native physical run blocker. A little bit underrated. Looks like more of a four-star guy. Really improving-looking technique guy. Big guy that can really move. He looks like one of the better ta He's a top-50 tackle prospect, but maybe, maybe more, uh, a little bit higher, maybe a little undergraded at this point. Some other news I wanted to get into on... Guys that are coming back for next year, just some idle thoughts. Alabama redshirt sophomore Christian Baymore is um, is at Barmore rather, uh, is redshirted the 18 season. Didn't have a big-time role in 19. 6'5", 310 pounds. Uh, really did a good job when he has played, grading him up with his pass rush pressure and his win rate pressure has been really good. Um, he's got a chance to to play a lot more this coming season. and can be one of the breakout stars um, for Alabama, Christian Barmore. Uh, Florida freshman defensive lineman, um, Gervon Dexter, 6'6", 280, really was very impressive. And it – Watching him in the state of Florida, I think he's a sleeper, and this is a guy that could help them pretty early. Javon Dexter, big-time talent and prospect to keep an eye out on. LSU, um, Jabril Cox, we've talked about the young man who's transferred over from North Dakota State at linebacker. This guy's going to line up, and I don't know if he's going to play Sam or Will but he's 6'2", 233, can run pretty well, cover pretty well. Um, may be able to give him a little bit in terms of the pass rush. Um, this guy's going to come in. Well, you don't bring in a guy like that if he can't come in and help and start right away. It's a it's a plug-in college uh, free agent, if you will. Been asked a lot about LSU's backup quarterback situation behind Miles Brennan. It's I don't think there's any doubt it's going to be Mac Johnson. But there's no spring practice to gauge it on. Just based upon who's there and the skill set going in, Max Johnson is the son of Brad Johnson, former um, Florida State, Tampa Bay, uh, Buccaneer. Fellow freshman T.J. Finley is not quite as advanced at this point. Max is really knowledgeable, really good athlete. um, But clearly... Not much experience and certainly very little work could be done in the spring. Um, So to be determined going forward. Uh, Also at LSU, redshirt junior defensive tackle Tyler Shelvin is an impressive returning interior defensive lineman. Flirted with entering the draft. Did a good job, good decision coming back. got a solid sophomore campaign, 6'3", 345 really good against the grun, graded out very well. Um, He's, um, you know, he's um, not much of a pass rush threat, but he's really a clogger, could stop the run, and obviously a guy that's going to be a hold-the-point player as they go more to three, four looks. Tulane's got a senior running back that's coming back that that lined up in the slot for, gosh, about 200-plus snaps last year. Amari Jones is really good player. Um, he makes a lot of explosive plays for them. I uh, had twelve plays of ten yards or more. Broke twenty plus tackles this past year. Watch this guy and remember his name this upcoming year. Uh, I think he's Amari uh, Jones is going to surprise some folks. Um, also at Vanderbilt, Southmore cornerback Jalen Mahoney. Uh, had 107 yards allowed on 201 coverage snaps in 19. He was not a full-time player for them. When he did play, he was pretty impressive, though. Uh, He gave up just uh, over half a yard per snap, which is not too shabby for the conference that he's playing in, team that he's playing on. So they're going to need him to step up, be a lockdown corner if their defense is going to take a a step forward uh, in Nashville. Um, Kellen Mann is had 8.5 yards per scramble attempt over his career to this point. He's not just running around in free space. He knows how to make players miss. Uh, 4.6 of Mon's average 8.5 yards per scramble come after contact. So it just comes out to just over half of Mon's total. Uh, he's finished in the top 15 over the past two seasons and uh, positively graded throws on short to intermediate areas. You know, Jimbo does – Historically, a really good job with quarterbacks getting the most out of them. Um, you know, I don't think this kid's a great prospect at all. In fact, I don't even think he's a good one. But he's a good player that Jimbo's got dual threat capability. That Jimbo's doing a good job with. Tennessee senior cornerback Sean Schamberger is allowed just um, 0.67 yards per coverage snap from the slot last year. It was really quietly good for the Vols secondary. Uh, his low yards per snap allowed from the slot was the fourth best mark in the FBS, which was quite an accomplishment given how many talented wide receivers the SEC had in 19. Hopefully, he'll take another step forward. The secondary could become a force to really help them out this upcoming season. Take the next step back to LSU. You know we, you know you got Jamar Chase coming back. He had the most 15-plus yard receptions in a single season since two thousand fourteen and kinda of looking over my notes and looking looking back. He racked up forty seven such receptions of fifteen plus yards in nineteen, which is three more than any other player on the list. Gone back, um Mike Williams of Clemson, Trent Taylor of Louisiana Tech, both playing in the NFL. Williams has been a stud for the Chargers. while Taylor's had solid depth guy for the Niners. So um We're going to be talking about a guy that's got big playability, and we'll be talking about him in the uh, 2021 NFL draft a year from now. Over at South Carolina, junior defensive back Israel Mukama had just 19 receptions allowed and 286 snaps versus the SEC last year. SEC was obviously loaded with a ton of receivers, as we're kind of alluding to. That's the theme here. Mukama, 6'4", 198, was able to hold his own. I mean, he had just – Uh, allowed just two receptions per game, 13 which were fewer than nine yards down the field. Recorded three interceptions on the road against Georgia last season, uh, one of which returned for an interception with another strong year. He's got a shot at being one of the top cornerbacks, if not the top in the 2021 class with his side and his build. Some other guys, Missouri junior linebacker Nicholas Bolton, Allowed just 180 yards, uh, allowed in coverage, over 352 coverage snaps. Uh, Six-foot, 232, really good coverage linebacker. Only allowed about two yards per coverage. Um, Personally broke up ten passes, two of which were interceptions. Um, They're losing a lot of talent at Missouri this year with Jordan Elliott and DeMarcus Ac moving on. But Nicholas Bolton is a good one, and he's going to have to step up and lead that defense. Over at Kentucky, Redshirt Senior Edge player Jamar Watson, 6'3, 248, was one of the more disruptive edge rushers last year. Racked up eleven and a half tackles for loss, six and a half sacks. Um I he could give get even better in twenty twenty. Really good pass rush grade. He's got to improve against the run, but impressive looking player, and you know how well they develop on the defensive side of the ball there. Mississippi State Redshirt senior quarterback KJ Costello Um, joined the Mississippi State program as a grad transfer in early February. Former um, Stanford starter just started five games last year due to injury. Um, Curious to see how he'll develop and how things will fare out at quarterback at Mississippi State. And then finally uh, at Ole Miss, Elijah Moore, um, one of the better vertical route runners um, from the slot last year. Five nine one eighty six. 186. He averaged 12.7 yards per reception last year. Caught 67 passes for 850 yards and six touchdowns. He increases reception total by 31 from his freshman season. He's junior wide out. I think he can be a really good vertical route runner out of the slot and be a big-time playmaker for Ole Miss next year. So those are some guys that, based upon film grade notes, as I'm – Preparing for the draft, those are some guys that I think can help you. So those that, that are that are guys you need to pay attention to and can help their respective programs this upcoming year as we kind of, without a spring ball, some look-aheads a little bit. We'd normally be talking about how things have looked in spring practice, um, but this year obviously it's been a little different. Obviously we've got all the um, – Recruiting news out the way. No coaching news of the day. And we've got the transfer portal. So let's get into some uh, notes, some, as I like to call it, uh, film room nuggets on draft prospects uh, and the latest news uh, as well. Andrew Thomas, very curious to see where he ends up in this draft. He's just a plug-in play, outstanding young tackle. He has met with the Browns and the Dolphins and the Giants and – if you think about where he might go relative to who they're who's picking where, the Browns might be a fit. He'd be a day-one starter for them. They're picking 10th, and that's about where I expect him to go in that range. His teammate, DeAndre Swift, boy, just shows good change of direction and burst to separate from coverage, and I think he's got great versatility in the pro game. You know, we'll see. He's likely going to go in the first round. I got a high second-round grade on him. I expect him to go in the first round. There's only 21 first-round grades on my board. Check out LandryFootball.com for the draft board to understand what all that means and why it's important to know and understand it that way. Um, We give you a real look at what a true NFL board looks like. Uh, Jerry Judy from Alabama would be a really good pick for somebody like the Niners who are looking for a nuanced route runner with double moves, the heavy play-action offense. Might see a little run. 13, Judy's there. Boy, that'd be awfully tough. Hard to think there'll be a better player on the board than Jerry Judy at 13 if he's still there. Henry Ruggs is another guy. He's a blazer with game-breaking speed. Um... You know it's going to be you know interesting to see how that plays out and where he may go, but there's no question he's going to be an impact uh, guy. Love me some Clyde Edwards-Helaire. Lots of pro-style run experience. LSU's run scheme the run scheme consists of a lot of inside zone and dual concepts, and that really allowed Edwards-Helaire to use his quickness and low pad level uh, between the tackles. Shifty. Uh, really good route runner to shake guys off in the passing game uh, and be a really good checkdown option. So excited to see where he goes. Second, third round, latest. Cameron Dancer, Mississippi Mississippi State's corner, had his virtual pro date four three eight six one one eighty seven. Um, you know he did. He only ran four six four at the combine. So you convert the times. The guy can run. At his size, he runs well enough. Um, he's, um, you know, this is this is a, probably a little bit faster. The time is faster than what he truly is. But the guy can run well enough. It's going to be an interesting um, projection, though. I think he's still one of the better corners in this draft. And you, you begin to look at the corner board where I have him, I think he can go um, relatively high and certainly be somebody that uh, could be a late second round or early third round guy. Um, the medical reports out of Tua seems to be really good. Um, curious to see, speaking of Andrew Thomas, George's tackle Isaiah Wilson, listen, I don't buy him going in the first round. He's not. Worthy of taking that high. But he's really intriguing, and I think he's a good player. I do have him as a late second-round value. Um, so going high second round, as we see a run on those top tackles, may make some sense because, look, you're going to see four of them go in the first round. And then, in my opinion, early second-round value, um, you could Probably make the case that Wilson should go to the top of the second round value. And if you're looking for need, I could see somebody reaching a little bit. But not that um, – wouldn't be that big of a, a leap. I just think they're better players. There'll be a number of 6'4 graded players there. I've got Isaiah with a 6'0 grade. Learn why and check it out over at LandryFootball.com. Uh, and Tulane's wide receiver, Donnell Mooney, is really – helped himself a lot. He's just impressive speaking with um his understanding of the game. He well you know he's five ten, one seventy five. He's got really good speed. I mean he's a four four guy, sub four four guy. He's a downfield route runner. Uh he averaged over twenty yards of reception. He's a sleeper guy. He's a mid round sleeper. And you know what? I he reminds me an awful lot of K J Hamler and you probably don't you don't definitely don't have to take him as high. All right, let's get into a couple of other prospects that, from the SEC. We've, we always talk about a bunch of them, but uh, we'd like to make sure that we mention uh, specifically, uh, do a little film room breakdown of, of certain guys that we think are, you know, from the conference that has really good value. And what the first one is Justin Matabuki, the defensive tackle from Texas A&M. Four-star recruit, redshirted at 2016, um redshirted sophomore season. And he had a, a little bit of play against Clemson and tackle for loss on the force fumble against Alabama. Um in it you know, in eighteen and then in nineteen, uh it was more of the same. Very productive. Eleven and a half tackles uh, for loss, five and a half sacks, a smattering of big plays. And an interception against Arkansas. Force fumble, recovered for a touchdown against Ole Miss, and a block kick against Ole Miss. Broad shoulders, strong, thick uh, base. Intriguing combination of first step, quickness, and power. Natural penetrator can slip through gaps, wreak havoc behind the line of scrimmage. Powerful, as his size and frame would suggest. Really good. Pad level, lower body strength is good. Will fight through the whistle. Effective drag down, taller uh, tackler. Um, size wise, probably could get a little bigger. in the In the days of the behemoth defensive tackle, he's not that. He's um, he's. I think he's got good initial quickness. I don't think he has great finish speed. Um, if his initial rush doesn't get there, you know he's not a great second move guy. Um I tell you who he is. He's he's Kenny Clark when Kenny came out of UCLA and was with the Packers. Um, you know you know, I I don't think they're just purely run stuffers, doesn't give them enough credit for their initial quickness, but neither are gonna be Pro Bowl type players. Solid starters that will be good on early downs, will be able to Defend the run, and we'll give you some bull rush. I mean, that's kind of how I see him. Then I wanted to talk a little bit about Travon Diggs from Alabama. One of Alabama's top overall athletes, full-time transition to cornerback after the 18 season, after previously playing receiver and kick-and-punt returner. Impressive ball skills, athleticism, good vision to threaten – any touches into touchdowns he did with a 100-yard fumble versus Tennessee, four interceptions, 18 passes defended in 18 games over the past two seasons. Looks the part of a modern press corner. Fluid for a corner his height, loose hips, can turn, run with receivers downfield, good balance and burst out of his breaks. Um, alternates his approaches in press and – Able to punch or harass receivers at the snap. Um, reliable tackler. Um, became a more physical defender this past year. Those guys really learned how to play that position very well at Alabama, and he's, he's done that. He's only focused on the cornerback position for a season and a half in the inexperienced shows, but that only, to me, is a sign that this guy can be a lot better. He's improved route recognition. Uh, But he's still more reliant on his size and athleticism to choke down the throwing lanes. Once he learns the position a little bit better, he's going to be fine. He's a little bit like Xavier Rhodes coming out of of, um, Minnesota. Um, So, um, to me, I think he's a guy that's got a chance to be a better player even than he was in college due to the fact that if he had played maybe a little bit longer and worked – um, a little bit longer in the secondary. He might have been a little bit more proficient, but best football is ahead of him. All right, folks, that's a wrap for today. And want to remind you that we'll be back tomorrow for more college football talk. It'll be ACC football and beyond tomorrow as we'll break down the latest from the world of college football, wrap up the week that was in the ACC. Uh, reminder to flip on over to listen to our pro football show and, Get the latest, more information on the draft, as well as free agency, all the latest stuff, five days a week. And uh, also uh, check out our great folks at 401k Generation. Want to learn more about what they are, just go to LandryFootball.com. On the left side, you'll see the link to 401k Generation. Click on that. It'll bring you to a link to their website. Check them out. Uh, They do great work. They can help you at any time, but particularly this time – where there's such a volatile market. They're licensed in all 50 states. They can help you fix some of the issues that you might have with your financial planning, give you a second opinion, a first opinion, get you on the right track to your financial goals. Answer all your questions. Give them a call. Give them a text at 1-866-998-5879. And if we can help you promote your business, we're absolutely here to do so. So uh, check us out. Go to LandryFootball.com, hit Contact Chris. If we've got a question, we can answer it for you on the air regarding football. Send it to me there as well, and I will uh, handle it on the air for you. And first and foremost, make sure you check out LandryFootball.com. All the latest information on the world of college football, the NFL, our notebooks. Uh, Once we get the draft behind us and recap the draft, we'll certainly – be doing a lot of work and putting our recruiting boards up and scouting reports on those guys and class of 2021 even class of 2022 we're going to have all that for you so you want to make sure that you check on that studying personnel studying the coaching studying the college aspect we've got it all for you so we appreciate you joining us each and every day but we want to make sure that you understand a lot more information is over at LandryFootball.com and the best way to support us is to go there and check us out. Our scouting season offer is the best one we've ever had. Uh, Take advantage of it today. Look, we've got draft boards that are unlike any other quote-unquote draft boards and big boards that are useless on these other websites because they just list guys. We tell you how players are graded, why they're graded there, and where the value is, and those things are really important to understand where the quality is in the draft, and you can listen to scouting reports while you're looking at a true NFL draft board. Listen to an NFL draft room style scouting report while you're watching and looking at an NFL draft board. A true one is something you can't get anywhere else. So check us out today, less than $5 a month will get you access to LandryFootball.com for a year. So take advantage of it, check it out, We'll see you there, and we'll see you tomorrow on another edition on Landry Football's conference call, the College Football Show. It'll be ACC football and beyond on Tuesday, and flip on over and listen to the Pro Football Show. Talk to you. Be safe, everybody.